Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And this is a momentous occasion for all of our listeners out there, all like 15 of you, because this is the finale of our 10-part series guiding new hobbyists into this hobby. Uh, And today's episode is something we have been looking forward to recording since we started talking about this back when we were planning episode one. John, what are we talking about? So today we're going to be talking about how to get new players into the hobby. And we're going to warn you, it's going to sound like getting people into a cult. You're kind of right. Uh, But it's not like Heaven's Gate and you don't have to drink Kool-Aid. Well, I actually disagree with that last part because Kool-Aid is a lovely addition to a great game night. So there probably will be Kool-Aid, but I promise you, it's not spiked. So... uh, for John and I, this is our favorite part of the hobby. Like, we could we could go back and forth on what our favorite game system is. And we could go back and forth on what our favorite armies are, or what our favorite archetypes of armies are, or what our fr- favorite mechanics are. But one thing dwarfs all of those other things. Makes them look awful and childish. Our favorite thing to do with this hobby is to get new players into it. And we have done this... With more people than I care to admit in our various friend groups. Because um, we just can't help ourselves. Yeah, it's it's something that we both separately do with other people. But also we will occasionally have a shared friend that we will be like, Oh, you, you, <laughs> we are going to get you into this game. It is something you will absolutely love. And you're going to play with us all the time. Yeah, um, if they meant like... We obviously we talk about the hobby some in our various social circles. And if someone says the words, I might like to try that, we pounce on them like a puma leaping from a ridge to pin them down and force feed them miniatures. And before you know it, they are a card carrying member of the Plastic Crack Addiction Association. <laughs> it is. I don't know. It is just so satisfying to be able to take this hobby and share it with other people. And I think not only is it satisfying to do, but I would argue that other people should do it. So we thought it was worth having an episode about it all to itself rather than burying it in with another topic. I think it's worth discussing it as its own overarching uh, philosophy and idea because Trying to get someone into a new game system, especially this game system, can be kind of daunting. Because as our last nine episodes have shown you, there's just a lot to it. Yeah, like there's, there's, <laughs> I am learning new things every day in this hobby. Uh, Joe, I think you can agree. Oh God, and yes. This, this situation, like, you are not going to be able to tell somebody everything they need to know to get into the game, but you can tell them just enough to get them interested to start their own journey of learning. Uh, both hobby stuff and mechanics and what they like and what they don't like. And I think like what we're trying to accomplish with this specific episode is like a good tie up for our first 10 episodes is how to take things we've talked about here and things we're going to talk about within this episode and share that with other people you might think are interested, uh, whether you're an old player or a newer player, maybe you're listening to this down the road. A lot of this should just hold up as ideas regardless of edition regardless of game system yep i think uh 
as our goal is most of the time, we try to talk about things uh, without being hyper-specific and really getting into the weeds on a lot of this stuff. Because the games will change over time. You know, the mechanics will come and go. Factions will probably be released that right now we didn't even know were on the horizon. Um, but overarching thoughts and uh, strategies in approaching the hobby healthily, I think are kind of evergreen that they're not really going to change too much. And I think this one in particular will always stay relevant because as we've talked about uh, before, this is a hobby that is kind of unique in terms of the gaming realm. Um, I think we, it was episode seven when we were talking about game stores, we touched on the idea that in a tabletop war game hobby, you do not get to just click find match on a computer and then it match you with an opponent of roughly equal skill. Like that is just not a thing we can do. We have to find our opponents in person and meet up with each other to play these games and have a good time. And I think on top of, you know, some of the other reasons that we're going to get into here in a moment, just in terms of practicality, having more people to potentially get games in with is good for all of us. It helps to grow the community as a whole and improve the scene in your local area, especially if you're bringing in some really cool people who other folks might like getting to play with. Absolutely. And you can also, by getting new people into the hobby, bring especially people you're already friends with. Like if you're already friends with some folks that might be interested in the game, pulling them in just adds another thing for you to interact with these people with. And you can create your own little group to, to play with. So like if a game store doesn't exist in your, your town, or maybe it's not a good one, or maybe you don't, like maybe it closes um, like a lot of businesses are right now, like you'll have people to play with and this won't feel like the hobby died. Mm -hmm. Um You'll be able to interact with people and uh, more than just like on the internet, like like you can go to Reddit and you can look at all the 40k stuff, but that's not the same as being able to play a game with somebody at a, you know, with a reasonable distance away from you. Um, and that's one of the reasons why bringing people in that would actually enjoy this is very beneficial for you as a player, but also them, because I don't, most people that I've gotten into this hobby don't regret it. Yeah, they, that is, I will give it that it has a, uh, at least for me, I have a 100% success rate with no regrets from the people who I got into it, uh, which is pretty rare to say, because like other games I've gotten people into over the years, uh, they definitely regret some of them, you know, uh, for the people who I kind of talked into playing League of Legends with me in college, I apologize formally <laughs> to all of you. Um, but in this one in particular, it can be fulfilling, uh, and I think that's worth sharing with folks. Yeah, the the aspects of this hobby that make it so enticing and encompassing is that you can get a lot of different things you as a person will need as to be a person. Like you get artistic you know, expression, you have games, you have uh, social aspects. There's there's a lot to do around it. Uh, if you like going to conventions, there's conventions for this stuff. Like Oh yeah, pretty big ones. And you can do as little or as much with this hobby as you want. If you just want to buy a box of dudes a month, build and paint them and play a game once a month with your buddy down the street, you can do that. If you want to make a podcast and do a bunch of stuff about the hobby, you can do that too. We um, we did it. You definitely can too. Guarantee. 
Um, but you can't do any of that without people to play with, without yep. friends. Without, it all you know. stops there. If you have nobody to play with, it it gets real difficult. And, you know, if that's not enough for sort of the more, the more pragmatically minded folks out there, um, I think an, the second sort of, I will call it tangential reason to get more people into the game is that when you have to teach somebody something, it forces you as the teacher to have a better understanding of the subject matter that you were trying to impart to somebody because they are inevitably, they're going to have questions and they're going to have mistakes that they make that you're going to have to catch. And you are going to have to be able to grasp it enough to explain it in a variety of situations. And doing all that for a new player, at least for me, it helped improve my gameplay because I had to really sit down and think about the rules and how to apply them. And uh, if you're a more competitively minded person, because generally our content here is for people that aren't competitively minded. There's lots of other competitively minded podcasts for 40k out there. But if you are, and you're listening to this, and you're like, oh, well, I don't, I'm more into wanting to do the tournament scene. Well, getting new people into this that maybe you played Magic with before, or other competitive style games, into this game, as it's continuing to grow, are people you can practice with, that you can do practice games with to prepare before you go to an event, before you go to a tournament, to have all your rules down and your tactics and everything else. So, learning these things is not just tied to more casual players, but I think everyone in the hobby. And it is beneficial to everyone to learn some new tactics on how to get new folks in and keep them in. Um, or there's no more hobby. There's no more game if we don't get new people. So, yeah, I mean, we've, there are other games out there that had that problem. Uh, Guild Ball, for example, just got shut down here a few months back, largely it seems because they didn't have very much growth in the community. Uh, they weren't getting new players to come in and play and it stagnated, and that became very difficult. And I feel bad for all those folks who were super into it and, you know, lost support for it. And uh, the best way to push that back is to just keep an eye out for people who might be into it and to help them. Um, and if, you know, if those things that are pragmatic aren't quite enough, I would argue that there is also... Um, sort of a deeper reason, I guess, uh, for it. And that is, y'all, if you've sat here through all 10 episodes of the, well, this is our 10th episode, so I guess you sat through nine episodes of this, and you kind of took in all the information that we imparted in these uh, podcast episodes, you very much know that this is a difficult hobby to get into. It's It's just rough, no matter how you cut it. And because in those like nine episodes, there was a lot that we left out. There are plenty of other topics that we missed. And as a new player coming in, that's really daunting. And it is a hill that is hard to get over. And even more so, there are many points where a new person could accidentally hurt their own fun of this hobby by making mistakes. You know, they might build their models wrong. Or they might make a painting mistake that they think is impossible to fix and not want to go back to it. Or maybe they didn't get an army that was right for them or whatever. Like, you could hurt your own enjoyment of the hobby even if a new player does want to go at it. 
So I think for us, uh, you know, people who enjoy the hobby and really care about it, we have a duty to be ambassadors for this hobby and to look out for these people and to do our best to help them because that's just sort of the right thing to do, you know? And when you look at other games to kind of pull off what Joe was saying earlier, like League of Legends or like World of Warcraft or any multitude of video games, um, when they are showing you systems or things within the game, they kind of blend it in a way that you can learn as you're going, um, set to a path they kind of set for you. Most games don't drop you into something and let you figure it all out yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, even games that do do that there's still barriers like there's still there's still things that will actively tell you no or points of failure in this hobby there really isn't if the person has the right mindset but a lot of people have that ingrained before they start doing this that oh i i, I messed up this dude i painted i've ruined it i should quit well no you, you're learning that's part of it learning is part of the hobby and having people around you that help show that that's part of it because you when you watch your friends fail and then go oh man that sucks well i'm just gonna redo it and i'm gonna make things better next time it shows you how it's supposed to be done (laughs) in a way of speaking um which is namely there's not one real way to do it it's just you can't give up like you would in a video game there's no losing in a hobby there's just learning just accidental points of uh, growth. <laughs> I guess that's how I would phrase it in the most Bob Rossian way. Um, but yeah, you know, here there's a saying called you got to get your own house in order. And I think for us as the hobbyists, we got to get it's true. We got to get our own house in order, which means we have to kind of step up to the plate and help folks. And I promise you guys out there, it is worth it and it is rewarding. It's so so fun to watch somebody uh paint their first model or god forbid to play their first games um you know just recently well i god it's not recently it was almost a year ago now pre-covid age um we had our buddy corwin come down who we had roped into this hobby because we of course are terrible terrible plastic crack dealers Um, And he was so, so excited when he was building his first models and throwing paint on his first models. And we had like equipped him with everything he needed to do that with some confidence. And then he came down and we played our first game. And the amount of smiling that was being done as he got to push his little guys around on the table for what was the first time. Ugh, y'all, that's incredible. Like that, that's just the bee's knees. It does not get neater. And, uh, I promise you, if you give it a whirl, it will be just as good for you. And you'll like, now we get weekly updates and sometimes daily updates from like models he's painting and stuff he's wanting to do or new projects he he wants to do where he asks us about how an army functions or like how certain things work. And that's, that all came from getting him in and setting him down and showing him the basics, even though we already know it. And we learn it from somewhere. Well, we're just going to make it easier for the next person. Um, I think you can agree with this statement. We try to be gate greeters, not gatekeepers. Yes, totally agree. I want to be that guy in Walmart with a little vest right at the door. That's that's where I want to be. Well, metaphorically, not literally. <laughs> yeah, we don't work Walmart. Um, <laughs> so you've 
now know why you want to get new players in the hobby. Yeah. Uh, Let's assume that at this point, you have decided that you do want to. Like, that's... We're going to just make that assumption that you went, yeah, those are some real compelling terms. I want to do the thing. Uh, otherwise, the rest of this is going to be a moot point. You probably don't want to hang around. But um, let's assume that you decide to want to help folks. What comes next? Because that is kind of a daunting thing. You know, you've decided that you want to kind of get your hands dirty and guide people around, but you've kind of got to know a process because there's no hard and fast rules for this. So, John, what do you think, like, numero uno, step one, ground zero, what do you think the best starting point is for trying to help somebody begin? So, the the first stepping stone is kind of like a two-step stone <laughs> in that share what you like about the hobby uh, and ask them what you think they would like. So yeah. we're, we'll use Warhammer Fantasy slash Age of Sigmar and uh, Warhammer 40k as examples. You would kind of go to somebody and be like, well, what do you prefer? Sci-fi or fantasy? Lord of the Rings or Star Trek? Like, which one is, is more your flavor? Depending on that answer, they'll tell you. Then you can kind of, like, help them figure out what sort of, like, part of the, the game and setting they'd like. Um, and then talk to them about why you like yours or some cool stories or, like, why it's fun to paint or play or whatever aspects makes you love the factions that you play. Share that with them so they get an idea of the passion that comes with being in this hobby and then ask them what their opinion is and what mm-hmm. they think. And, and, and listen wholeheartedly. Listen to hang on to every word because that will help you figure out what they're looking for um, and help prevent them from having any sort of regrets later. Um, I know that it is a lot easier for new people to get in this hobby and not accidentally pick a wrong faction oh, uh, and God, get frustrated. Yes. Lord knows I did it multiple times. If there's a veteran who can help them like figure it out like i I had a a friend of mine years ago that wanted to get a gene sealer cult right about when they first came out and uh definitely not a thing (laughs) uh i suggest for a new player unless they're they know up front it's gonna be tough and the guy was completely new to war like wargaming completely new to strategy games didn't really play them and got really overwhelmed and quit like pretty quickly um just because he didn't have the frame of reference of like, that's going to be a bit of a difficult task. It's also going to be like 200 models to paint. Like it didn't Oof. set in with him. And I didn't, I didn't personally did not tell him enough details that would have prevented that. Um, and kind of helping someone avoid that will make it more likely to get them in and, and hook them in to, to play this game with you forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if you could figure out what kind of makes that clock tick, you could keep it ticking. And it, it is worth doing. And I am, you know, I am someone who is a firm believer that sort of uh, excitement and positivity is contagious. That if you are super excited about whatever it is you're doing and you openly and honestly share that with other folks, that is a thing that people are drawn to. Um, and I, it holds up most everywhere and I think it holds up here. And that is the start of kindling this flame. You know, that is the olive branch to, you know, extend a hand and see if they really want to get into this. And if they do, you're there. 
and you're ready to go. And I think, you know, if you have that talk and they're still very interested, if anything, then maybe they're more interested than they were before. Uh, I think your next step is to play a demo game with them. Like, oh, yes, there's a whole bunch of thoughts and ideas that you could try to impart to somebody through words. But there are some things that really you just got to play it to really understand it. Uh, and running a demo game for somebody is definitely one of the linchpin points of this process. Uh, however, you have to think of a demo game a little differently than you would a normal game. You know, the point of this game, when you play a demo game, is not to win, and it is not to necessarily adhere to every rule at all times like you're in a tournament. Your goal here is to teach somebody the basics and to get their feet wet. That's what you're doing. So you're going to want to play a small game. Yeah. You're going to want to walk through step by step. It's going to take a while. It will take longer than you would initially like think. I normally go for like 500 point games mm -hmm. and expect it to take about two and a half to three hours because it's taking time and you don't want to rush them. You want to let them learn at their own pace. Like it, take your time with them and show respect to their time and your time and, and them and their learning as much as possible. Um, and you can, you know, add notes. You can write down the phases. You can condense certain things. So you don't have to have the rule book open the whole time and they can reference it. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, when you play a demo game, try to take a list that is really soft because you're not here to try to like blast them off the table. You know, you're here for them to be able to experience this game in a quick and efficient way to really stoke that fire. Um, and that means, you know, easing your foot off the pedal a little bit and allowing them to have a more back and forth experience. If that means you sort of make a softer list, do that. No problem. Hey, yeah, yeah. Get yeah, in there and like do it. A characters, some troops, like maybe a single elite unit, like nothing big. Probably don't bring any big vehicles or something that requires like an answer to. Mm -hmm. um, just bring something easy. Uh, it's also an opportunity. Probably use some of your lesser used models uh, if you're constantly trying to play like more competitive minded games. Just bring something you can't normally bring to the table because uh, maybe some of the other folks you play with are a bit aggressive with their list building. Like take an opportunity to, to play stuff you wouldn't normally play either. Yeah. And I think it is a great way for everybody to. To get some laughs in, if you bring something that is kind of like goofy or subpar or weird that or has like a weird rule, um, that could be a great point of fun for the game, and in you know it can make it a little more back and forth, and just the whole game. Keep in mind that the goal is to a teach somebody and to b have fun and like prioritize that at every step of the game. You are not here to win. You're just here to teach somebody the basics and have some laughs. And if you do that, more often than not, at least in my experience, they're probably going to want to keep playing. And if they do, you know, if you do your demo game and everybody involved has a blast and they're like, you know, they were interested before, but maybe now they're like, yes, I want to do this thing. I had a lot of fun. I want to build like this is where I want to buy my own army. What now? And I think that's the point where if they really had a whirl uh, 
you probably should show them some models and help guide them through buying their own little force. Because, I mean, if you just go to the Games Workshop website, there are hundreds of models across dozens of factions. And many games, including boxed games. It can be very overwhelming. It is definitely confusing. That's why we have an episode about how to help pick your faction. <laughs> yeah, because it is a it is a more difficult process than you would think. And especially for a new person who has no reference for any of these, like, a bajillion names that are on the website. Um, they could potentially buy themselves into a place that they don't want to be. Uh, and if you are going to be sort of the ambassador to this person or the Sherpa on their journey up this hobby mountain... Uh, you've got to kind of help steer them away from that. However, you've got some stuff to work off of. Because in step one, we talked about having that chat and asking them what they're into. You know, just them as a person, not necessarily like, what faction do you like? Just them as a person. Like, you know, hey, they really like Lord of the Rings. Okay, that has me thinking. Like, I'll, maybe I'll steer them towards an AOS faction. And they say, like, they really loved Elrond and all the High Elves. Oh, well, we got, you know, I'm thinking immediately that we got these Lumineth Realm Lord dudes that are, you know, they're a whole lot like them High Elves. And they look kind of similar. They got a cool feel. The models are all beautiful. Um, and they're an army that could potentially work for somebody. Maybe not for a newer person, but it in small batches could work. Um, or, you know, conversely, maybe they say... That they enjoy fantasy, but they've always really loved, like, ocean novels and pirate stories. Well, you know, we have an ocean faction. Like, we have the uh, Ida-Death Deepkin, who, like, ride all these crazy sharks and ocean critters. Like, okay, yeah, I'll steer you towards that way. Um, You know, you could help somebody go in a direction that you know they will like. And that will just make their lives infinitely easier as they move forward because it's there's nothing more debilitating in getting into this hobby and really enjoying the hobby itself and then realizing like two weeks to a like a month in that uh you picked a faction that's not for you yeah and another option is uh if they're not if they if they have nowhere to work off of if they're having a hard time like even hammering down like like, i don't know like i don't i just don't know what I would like, like it's having a hard time making those connections. Um, you can start spouting facts about separate things. I love talking about Skaven people. So like, I'll tell people about Skaven as like the first thing. Uh, and then I'll like start explaining how Skaven interact with everybody else in AOS or, um, you know, I love the chaos factions in 40 K. So I talk about how they interact with everybody else. Cause, uh, each faction kind of interacts with every other faction in both games. Yep. So you can just use your faction to kind of, well, I read this story in my book about these dudes, and I thought that was neat. And, well, maybe that'll make somebody go, ah, yes. I mean, who doesn't love the wacky, crazy rat boys? Like, I I mean, I do. I will admit, I'm not a chaos player, but if they were ever going to get me to, like, buy a chaos army, if they made ninja rats... I, oh, y'all, it's done. Game over. I'm done. I'm buying, like, $500 worth of ninja rats tomorrow. Well, like, in Skaven, like, if Skaven were in 40k, you would play Chaos. You would play Chaos with me. I would. <laughs> I, I damn well would. It's, you know, I am a, normally, I'm not a Chaos fan, but those rat dudes, they've got some style. 
And uh, if they particularly pull out all of these, like, dark blue onesies and throw those things on with some ninja stars, oh, bud, it's game over. I will become a <laughs> master rat assassin player. Um, uh, and yeah. I think that's true for a lot of folks. Like, if you just kind of pitch them some of these forces, eventually something is going to stick. You just got to keep on moving through them. Yeah, and once you have an idea of what kind of faction they like or what they want, maybe you uh, made the mistake both me and Joe have had, where we thought we were really getting into one army, and like two months later, we haven't touched the kits. And uh, <laughs> A little personal, John. Our, just a tad personal. <laughs> sitting in our closet <laughs> with the, the army book. And uh, as happens to be the faction they like, maybe you gift them those models or sell to them at a reduced cost. Um, one, to get it out so you can buy more stuff to fill the void in your closet. And uh, <laughs> also get them into the game. Uh, that's a great way to get someone started. Um, if you don't have that very specific situation, you can also just maybe buy them a box of dudes. Yeah. Like a, a small box of dudes. Like a... You know, buy them a box of foot troops. Whatever army they have, they're going to need basic foot troops. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you've got a little extra dough lying around, maybe help them do that. And let's say you don't have extra dough lying around. You can still make sure that when they spend their money, they're getting the most bang for their buck. You know, whatever they decide to get into, look it over with them, find some lists online and figure out how that army is supposed to work and what models are probably good to have. And make sure you steer them towards that, you know, maybe hang out with them, pull up the website together and specifically show them, hey, this is a start collecting box. That means in this army that it comes with a hero and it comes with this sort of foot troop and this sort of elite unit. And these are all really cool because of X, Y and Z. And instead of, you know, them maybe buying something that's kind of no good or is maybe old or janky, um, then you've ensured that they are definitely going to get some stuff that is worth buying. And uh, that is a great move when trying to get somebody into the hobby. And it sort of invites uh, them to share that thing with you when they do get it and build it and paint it. And maybe even just going to a game store with them uh, when they go to get their stuff so that they don't feel super overwhelmed or... You know, God forbid somebody tries to pressure them into buying something they don't need um, or maybe don't even want. Mm -hmm. uh, just being there as somebody who's well-versed in the hobby and being like, oh, no, you don't need to buy, like, four transports and four boxes of troops and two characters to start this game. No, just buy, like, that start collecting box or and maybe, like, another box if you've got the money for it. Yep. And you're and, good. And if it's the game store where you play games, you can introduce them to people. You know, some people are don't mind jumping into new sort of social situations and introducing themselves to everybody and kind of starting to chat. But for some people, that could be kind of hard. And if you are the person bringing your newbie into the game store, you know, this is also an opportunity where you can introduce them to some of the cooler players in the group. And maybe over time, you could help them forge some of these uh, new friendships for them to be able to become part of that greater community, which is always the goal. And I think that's just incredible when you see that take off. But Joe, we've got 
friends. We know why we want friends. We've got friends in the hobby. They've yes. picked a faction they want to play. Mm-hmm. How do we keep that hobby furnace going? How do uh, we how do we keep them wanting to keep going for for months and months? How do we keep this hobby fire burning? You ask. Well, I think first steps first. You got to do the thing that is the time honored tradition of all hobby sherpas and all gate greeters. You've got to share with them your favorite content. Like, I don't make the rules. It's just what you got to do. And uh, not to be, you know, self-plugging, but, uh, you know, you could share this podcast with them, for example. You could put all this in a little playlist specifically for guiding new people into the hobby. You know, pass that on over. That'd be awfully helpful for them. I hope. (laughs) Um, And we'd appreciate it. But, like, jokes aside, I think in general... uh, this hobby has a whole bunch of wonderful content creators. We've talked about them on past shows, but there are incredible other podcasts talking about different aspects of this hobby. Uh, there are many YouTube channels who do beautiful videos about the lore for these various games or how to build stuff in cool, innovative ways or how to paint models in cool, newbie-friendly ways. Uh, all of these are resources that you enjoy, and if you enjoy them, odds are your new player might like them too. Well, and, you know, it is cool to sh- spread that love around. Maybe you read a cool novel and you want to share with your friends because you like it. Maybe you spend four hours a night looking at 40k memes on your phone while watching TV and you decide that you're going to send it to every group chat that you have for this crazy uh, game you have. Lord, the, you memes. <laughs> the memes. The memes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, gotta share you know, to to branch off that content thing and talk about the next step, which is uh, share hobby progress. Um, make group chats for all your groups of friends to play it together. Uh, maybe make a Discord. Maybe we'll make a Discord. <laughs> yeah. Um, share your hobby progress. Drop pictures. Be like, hey, I tried this technique. Uh, tell me what you think. Um, give criticism to your friends. Not like mean criticism, but like tell them what they did good and give them ideas or discuss the, the things that you like about it. And just kind of enjoy seeing each other's little art projects uh, that they send to each other. Yeah. Share little videos of like, I did this model this way because I saw this video on how to do it and drop them both. And you can watch as your whole group of friends that you've, you know, gotten together will grow as painters and builders and and hobbyists and and players and keep getting better and better. And you'll look back and and laugh because you probably started off putting too much paint on a model. I mean, yeah, or you didn't thin your paints appropriately. Lord knows I was very guilty of that. (laughs) Or made some, had some bad games way back when you first started. Now every game is just super good maybe you first started playing with pepsi cans as terrain and now you have like scratch built 3d printed terrain that's immaculately painted who knows yeah i mean there's a there's a journey there and you could kind of use that to look back and also i mean for folks out there we've all heard the term like peer pressure peer pressure like a million times in our lifetimes um but there is something to it when your peers are doing something it sort of subconsciously motivates you to do it. You know, it is the inherent tribalistic nature of humans. And in this case, you could use that good old-fashioned peer pressure for good. You can use it to help keep everybody motivated to do this hobby. And in turn, you will get some motivation back from them to keep you moving. And it is 
you know, it's a beautiful little cycle that you could get more folks in on. Um, and like we talked about earlier, like the joy of watching our bud Corwin play his first game was a truly wonderful experience. Uh, but you know, we get little hits of that now every time we see him make new models. And I like to think he also gets, you know, little bits when he sees us send him models. And, uh, I think that's just awesome. And the more people that I could kind of urge to keep doing that, the better the world will be. Cause to be honest, I want my Instagram feed to have more mini paintings in it. So please folks do the thing, flood it, send it my way. I will love it. I will. We are your hype men. We will take all of your hobby photos and love them. And if you like, like if you have a Twitter and you want to post your pictures on Twitter and like tweet at us with the pictures, I'll put it out there. I'll talk about it. I'll tell you what I like, what I don't like. Like, well, I mean, not like don't like as in mean, but like a, some like nice criticism, things you could try. Um, I'm not a pro painter by any stretch of the means, but like I'll talk to you guys about it. If you want to follow us and we'll, we'll, we'll communicate. We're really just kind of in this to uh, hang out and do more hobby stuff with more people. Yeah. We branch out and get we wish we had bigger arms so we could hug more folks god um. <laughs> that's the goal that is the goal and i mean in a more like just kind of in a personal note like obviously we started up social media accounts for this here podcast you know we we started a twitter and we started an instagram and uh i'm kind of handling the instagram portion and uh y'all because i feel like a a 27 year old old man essentially uh i didn't know that their instagram like i had i had to have my lady teach me instagram and how that whole thing works um and now really like of course it's like a podcast how many pictures is a podcast gonna have so instead i'm uploading my like hobby progress and kind of what i'm doing and sending it up on the instagram so folks could kind of get a little taste of what i'm working on and uh it is keeping me going. I'll get up and some days my brain's just like, uh, don't want to do no things. But then I feel that little tickle at the back of my skull. No, but you must have something to share for Instagram. You must you share painting. You have to do it for the gram. You have to do it for the gram, <laughs> I have to do the painting for the gram. <laughs> and I think like if for all of you people out there, you've probably got a a group of friends who play this with you that you could get that same feeling. Um, and it's, it is some good stuff. That is grade a wholesome fun. And I love it. Now we've talked about this hobby thing, but I think it's another time to dip back into rules for a second yep. and talk a little bit about game theory in a way. Um, people don't, like you can, it, for those of you who have played the games before, you know two thousand points are generally the like majority of games, or two thousand points, so, like somewhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand points. When you're new, you will not play two thousand point games. Uh, I don't suggest you to. Yeah. I don't suggest you to. There's just like ten games. Um, so if you're getting new people into the game, remember they need to slowly learn like what a movement phase even is, what to do in it, like what a shooting phase is, how it works, how it works with their army. Um, don't expect them to be able to put 2,000 points of models on the table and play a game with you immediately after getting into the game. It's probably going to cost them more money than willing to spend at the beginning, and they probably won't do it very well, and if they keep losing they're, it just really badly, they're going to not enjoy the game. So don't go easy on them in a way, but 
take like 500 points, do your demo game, uh, then get them started in a new army, have them build and paint their stuff, talk about the stuff that you guys are building and painting. Maybe you'll start a new force with them and play 500 points, like play a 500 point game with them. Then the next time you guys are sit down and play, see if they're cool with trying to up that to 750 and maybe they can get some new models and build and paint them and talk about that and what works and what doesn't work and just keep scaling it up through escalation. That's what the, the, the type of play is called is escalation until you got to 2000 points and they have a whole fully painted army. They understand how it works and play and I can play 2000 point games all you want and they can go get buy new models for more options to trade in and out. Maybe they want to start another faction. They do it again. Um, that is, those are all options to, of, of playing this game. And if you're getting multiple friends into the game, you could turn that into a league where you guys yes. are trading off and doing stuff together. Maybe you all put a pot together with, you know, everyone puts some money together and the winner gets to, you know, everyone else buys them a kit or something. Um, there's all sorts of fun things you can do with it to make it not a charitable event of of getting them into the game but a shared experience of like solidarity and i'm going to play this game with you and we're gonna have fun together i'm not you're not don't feel like you're wasting my time i'm having fun like that's that's the point of an escalation kind of style game yeah i mean playing games in general is always a great way to kind of up that hobby motivation and to keep it rolling you know that's one of the things i've kind of struggled with during the COVID isolation is that i haven't gotten to play games in almost a year and that could be rough. Um, so it is very helpful to keep those games flowing for new players, but you have to think, you got to meet them where they're at. And it is hard to tell somebody, hey, I know you just started and you're just starting to like this thing, but I need you to drop $600 or more to get a full army. Okay, thanks. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a rough call. Uh, so instead... Just meet them where they're at. You know, if they've got like five, six, 500 points worth of models, cool. Let's play 500 point games. And I think also the Escalation League, if you could swing it, is a particularly delicious type of fun where everybody is slowly growing their forces piece by piece at a pace that's comfortable for all of you. And everybody is kind of trading opponents. So you're getting a bunch of different games at at one time. And trying out your rules against different people and learning new things. It is just the most fun way to build up your little starter force. And I wish I got the opportunity to do that myself when I first started. Um, but it is one that I would highly recommend for everybody else out there. Um, it's just so much fun. And it will definitely keep the hobby motiv- motivation going. Because you then you have a little bit of a deadline to get whatever your new models painted for that week are. <laughs> I gotta get this five-man squad done before Saturday so I can show my friends. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have my little plastic army been painted, I will feel shame. Uh, if I don't paint this ten-man berserker squad before Saturday, Joe's gonna make me wear the cone of shame. <laughs> I'll put him in the corner. I'll put you in a corner with a dunce hat. I'll do it. So help me. <laughs> so help me. Um, yeah, I, I think if you could follow all of that stuff that we just talked about above, you have a really good chance of this person having a great experience getting into the game. Um. I think you have a pretty good chance of them not at one, not buying an army that's bad for them. You know, they probably will get something that they like. Uh, two, you'll probably have someone 
who understands the game a little better because they didn't have to learn it necessarily the hard way. They had somebody to teach them. And having a teacher is, is just nice. Uh, you also have someone who hopefully has the right mindset going forward. You know, they've seen you make mistakes and instead of reacting poorly, they they have learned that that doesn't have to be a big deal, at least not here in this hobby. And they've also, hopefully at this point, they've gotten tied into the community. You know, they're maybe they're making their own memes or they're heading up to whatever your shop is for game <laughs> night to play games. Um, they're sort of a part of the community and they're growing and thriving within it. And uh, if you could get somebody to that point, y'all, mission accomplished. Hats off to you. You've done a phenomenal job. You get a gold star. You do. You do. You can also get a tiny vest and be called a hobby gate greeter rather than gatekeeper. Uh, you get one just for yourself. Um, <laughs> and if we could, you know, if this podcast uh, thing that we're doing can get just one person out there to... Uh, have that sort of experience getting into the game. I mean, it's this whole thing's been worth it as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's really our goal. And moving forward, um, we're going to change just slightly. Uh, so up to this point, obviously, we have been entirely focused on the new player experience because we wanted to have a series that was back to back to back to back to back to help people who are getting into the hobby. Um, in particular, at the time we were kind of writing these things out, it was uh, just after 9th edition had dropped. Uh, and with a new edition comes a lot of people who might be getting into this for the first time. So we wanted to get this series out first and foremost to kind of get it to the people who might need it. Um, but from here on out, we're not, you know, shutting the doors on the podcast or anything. Uh, we're just going to branch out and uh, talk about some different topics that maybe aren't just for new folks, but are for uh, even for people who've been playing this for a little while. Um, John, in particular, would you say that, um, uh, you're looking forward to any topic in particular that we have sort of lined up? Uh, yeah. Uh, starting a second force. Um, Ooh. it's something I've done, um, to the point where I can't call it a second force anymore. I've done it many times. <laughs> uh, starting new armies is kind of the in inevitable touchings, like, stepping stone from being a new player um, after playing for probably about a year most people will decide I'm either going to pick up a new army or I'm going to start playing a, the other side of this game uh, or maybe they'll start playing an entirely new miniatures game which I'm sure we'll discuss some new miniatures games at some point on this show but yeah it's it's it would be an interesting topic what about you Joe is there a particular topic you're excited about in the future um, for me I think uh I'm looking forward to having a conversation about competitive statistics and, you know, do they even matter? Because, uh, boy, howdy, do I have some thoughts about it. And uh, I think it would be a fun one to dive into because uh, it is another trap that I think some people fall into the jaws of. And uh, I really look forward to having the uh, opportunity to make a case for maybe helping someone not fall into it. I think that would be super fun. Um, and. That's something we can do now, now that we're kind of out of the 10-episode series. So, folks, keep an eye out in the coming weeks for more episodes. Um, I do want to take a minute just to kind of thank you guys for sticking with us th for this first 10 episodes. Um, I know that they 
are not always the greatest podcast in existence. Sometimes we do drop down to second best podcast in existence. <laughs> or tertiary or bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we definitely do drop below the number one spot. Um, but, you know, you guys are still here listening anyway, and we really appreciate that. And uh, going forward, we want to try to improve. You know, we've had a lot of fun doing this series and getting together to record every week. Um, so normally we don't uh, take too much time out of the podcast to try to plug ourselves because we, you know, it feels a little weird for me still. Um, but in this instance, because it's been 10 episodes, uh, we want to kind of like directly reach out and ask you uh, to reach out and send us your thoughts. You know, we've done 10 of these episodes and we kind of want to take this as an opportunity to get some feedback on uh, what we're doing right, uh, what you think we could maybe do better or what we could do differently. Uh, so that way we can try to implement it so that going forward, we can be even better for whatever the folks out there listening to this are looking for. Absolutely. And, and you, know, you can do that in many ways. You can do that by you know dropping reviews on iTunes or wherever podcast you do it on, leaving comments on the YouTube channel, tweeting at us, emailing us at the name of this podcast at uh, gmail.com. Yep. Uh, or Instagram DMs also. I'm there. Um, and you can, if you don't have a lot of thoughts you want to share about it, if you but you have ideas, if you have ideas for topics, uh, send them send them our way. If we like them and we think that we can talk about them for a while, like we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll even you know give you credit for being the person to tell us. Oh, absolutely! Like. I'm more than happy to give everybody credit for their great ideas. Uh, you know, probably better than mine, and we'd love to hear them. Yeah. So. Uh, with this our this shameless plug kind of out there, uh, we hope to keep making stuff for you guys. Yeah, it's been really fun, and we're definitely going to keep the content coming. Because Lord knows, we've got far more opinions locked and loaded. But for now, at least, uh, for this episode, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see you all in the next episode. <laughs>